Hi, thanks for joining us for this message from Red Church in Melbourne, Australia. We pray that you are blessed by it. If you'd like to know more about Red Church and its ministries, or if you'd like to support us financially, you can find out more by heading to redchurch.org.au. It's so great to hear good conversation and connection. Isn't it wonderful to be together on Sunday? Don't you just love being part of the people of God, coming together to worship Him together? Amen. Thank you. Um, Well, I'm Trudy, if I haven't met you before, and I'm going to get started. We are in a, a series at the moment called The Vision, and we've also spoke about another term for this series could also be, or description could be, The Invitation. And today, it's my turn, I get to talk about prayer. (laughs) Surprise, surprise, I love prayer and I'm passionate about prayer and I'm here to testify today that there is power in prayer. There is untapped power that we are yet to discover in prayer, that we are growing in prayer as a church, that I've seen people, uh, individuals growing in prayer And I want to testify and and declare today that God is on the move, that we are seeing exciting things in prayer. I'm hearing, even since we've had our um, national gathering for 24-7 Prayer Australia, uh, there's other prayer movements in Australia, there's prayer movements all over the world. In the last 20 years, 20 or plus years, we've seen prayer growing exponentially across the nations. So God is on the move. God is on the move in our church and we want more. We want more. So that's the vision. We want more of God. We want to see him move in power. And um, as, as I was praying about today, I came back to what is the vision of prayer in Scripture? And what is the vision for our church of prayer? And Ephesians 6.18, in the, the verse says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. And I think the Lord highlighted me in this verse. It says, pray in the Spirit. So our vision is to be a church which prays in the Spirit and not in the flesh. To pray in the Spirit is to pursue the presence of God. It is to... to seek his face, to be in alignment with the Spirit, to go, where are you working and how can we join you? So today, this this morning, I just want to like highlight a couple of key truths about that are found in Scripture about praying in the Spirit to set us up. And then I'm going to invite some people to come up and we're going to have a panel discussion with some questions and lived out example and testimony of these truths found in Scripture about praying in the Spirit. So the first truth I want to highlight about praying in the Spirit is that praying in the Spirit involves heart preparation. As we seek renewal in our hearts, we come in greater alignment with the Spirit in prayer. Romans 8 verse 5 says, Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on the flesh, set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. There's, Arthur Wallace has a book called Pray in the Spirit. 
And he says, walking according to the Spirit is basic to praying in the Spirit. So many of you are on a journey of renewal. And this is key. This is foundational to growing in praying in the Spirit. So secondly, raised expectations. When we pray in the Spirit, our expectations are raised. Mark, in the introduction um, to this series, spoke about um, that God is wanting to raise our expectations. God is wanting to raise our kingdom expectations. And he shared that having low expectations is fleshly. Now today I want to add to that that God wants to raise our expectations in prayer. I loved the quote that John Tyson said. If you're at the um, 24-7 prayer gatherings when he spoke on prayer, he said, it's not the intensity of our prayers. It's the intensity of the one we're praying to. Isn't that wonderful? It's the God that we pray, praying to. It's his power, his authority. God is wanting to raise our expectations. It's only through God that we get the breakthrough. I just want to read Romans 8, 18 to 25 together. It says this. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been growing as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who had the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption, for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved, but the hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. Expectation is in us. We see in Romans 8, it describes this groaning. Creation is groaning in expectation. We groan. We groan inwardly in expectation for what is yet to come. You see, when we receive the Spirit, we have a deposit of our future inheritance. We have a glimpse of the eternal. And so we groan inwardly as we await the full redemption. So scripture tells us that expectation is in us. We have, God raises our expectation of the future glory. So I think that's really key understanding that expectation is deeply in us to expect more in prayer. Thirdly, we, um, so we have heart preparation, raised expectations. And thirdly, a key to praying is in the Spirit is to come in weakness and dependency. Weakness is a spiritual posture. This is really key to understand when we come in prayer, that we come in weakness. Romans 8, 26 to 28 says, The Spirit helps us in our weakness. 
We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. The Holy Spirit is an interceding spirit. So when you are filled with the Spirit, you receive an interceding spirit. And I want to say from the outset today that you are, when you receive the Spirit, we are all invited to pray. This is not just for the chosen few. If you are a follower of God, if you've received the Spirit of God, you are part of this invitation to pray. You are invited to have relationship with God. This is a, this is, prayer at its simplest is relationship. Relationship with our living God. And we are all part of this. It also says in Romans 8 that this, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us through groans, crying out for us. Now, there would be, I'd love to just unpack this more about the way the Holy Spirit groans and cries out for us. There's a whole teaching, perhaps for another time, but I just want to say that the Holy Spirit works through us through groans, through wordless groans. And the Holy Spirit also guides us in our prayers according to the will of God. He works according to God's good purposes for us. So we can trust the Spirit working for us, for the good of us, for those he's called. When we begin in prayer in weakness, we make room for the Spirit's power. So let's allow the Holy Spirit to work so that we would allow his power through us. And finally, partnership. We're designed for partnership with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit intercedes through believers. We are vessels for the Holy Spirit to work through us. Our part is simply to come in surrender to allow the Holy Spirit to take possession and pray through us. To grow in prayer involves sacrifice. We've spoken, um, we've used a term at, at um, read before called costly prayer. Costly prayer. To grow in prayer, it does involve sacrifice, but it's so worth it. And so... Without further ado, I'm going to invite up the panel and we're going to actually hear about um, from personal testimony and lived out examples of, of how these individuals have grown in prayer. Um, so I, invite, um, I want to invite Lindy and Naomi and Peter up um, and we're going to hear their stories. Well, do you want to just um, introduce yourself to start off with? Um, yeah. Who are you? <laughs> I'm Lindy and I've been part of Red now for, is it five or six years, Murray? Yeah, something, five or six years, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm Naomi um, and I think we've been part of Red. We were at the Outer East Church before we came here, so we've been uh, here since kind of all the lockdowns ended. I'm Peter, I'm married to Naomi, so what she said. <laughs> 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 so good. Well, thank you so much for um, 
been part of this, Pat, and all, and I'm so looking forward to hearing how you've grown in prayer and what, um, and particularly in growing in praying in the Spirit. So let's begin by talking about heart preparation and prayer. How has your desire to pray in the Spirit grown as you've pursued renewal? Would you like to kick us yeah. off, Lindy? Um, I think if I start at the beginning, like quite a few years ago, I recognised that there was like a big gulf between what I read in Scripture and the reality of the of the church there and how Jesus was, and as opposed to how I saw the the church. And that, and when I say the church, I don't mean red specifically, but I mean just kind of like a, a generalisation the body of Christ that we kind of just lacked that same power that we read about in Scripture and um, becoming more of a religious bubble as opposed to being something that was really um, effervescent and energetic and full of the spirit that we read about in Scripture. And so if I realise that Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever, then the problem's not on his side, the problem was on our side. And, and I came to the realisation that I needed to own my stuff that wasn't right. And I recognised that my relationship with Jesus was, was somewhat dry and stale. And the people that I looked at that were probably the, the most um, uh, compassionate and full of the Holy Spirit and loving and someone that you'd look at and you go, man, they're, they're such a godly person. I realised that they were the people that actually spent time with Jesus and, and prayed and so I realised that I needed to ask the Lord to do something in, in my heart. So, so I said, Lord, I, I recognise that my love for you has gone cold and stale. And, I, and I, want, I want it to be warm and I want to feel like I, I love you. And I can say that genuinely and, and feeling something. So I asked the Lord to do a work in my heart. Yeah. So, so that was my beginning point. Yeah. Wow. Thanks, Lindy. Yeah. Who's going to go next? Yeah, <laughs> um, so for me, I think, um, can I just say before I start answering that question that if anyone had said to me that I'd be up here doing a panel on <laughs> prayer um, and I've been a Christian my whole life really, um, six months ago I would have laughed at you and said, no way, that's ridiculous. Um, a year ago, definitely not. Um, so that is just glory to God really. It's just, yeah, so, good. so grateful. So um, renewal and um how my praying in the spirit has grown through renewal. So um, I reckon about um, over a, a little over a year ago, Pete and I were in church and we were just saying, we just don't really feel connected. Um, we're kind of here because we've been Christians our whole lives, but we're not, um, not you know, I'm not really feeling it that much. And um, we kind of realised it was maybe more about us than church and God. Um, and so we just said, right, that's it. We're drawing a line in the sand. This is it. We can't go on like this any longer. It's been years and years and years of kind of struggling and um, not feeling great. And we agreed to just say yes to everything that the church put on offer. Um, and that involved lots of things, renewal sessions, prayer meetings, 24-7 um, prayer, um, doing an hour in the prayer room, all of those things. And we said, um, every time we went, you know what, we said yes, so we're going to. Um, and I didn't particularly uh, get a lot out of the prayer meetings in the beginning, to be honest. But it was at one of the renewal sessions um, where the Holy Spirit just came and I think a lot of us felt it really strongly and something was unlocked in me that night that um, I'm just so grateful to God um, and it just changed and completely transformed uh, everything about who I am as a Christian and how I pray um, and I just, I think, yeah, I mean, I've been a Christian my whole life. I've always known Holy Spirit. I've always had experiences but this was just something completely 
uh, different and, yeah, it's just completely transformed the way I pray, the way I listen, the way I have relationship um, and the love that I feel mm. for God. So, yeah, it's been amazing. It's been amazing to watch you on this journey and have me, so thank you. And Peter? Yeah, so um, I think my story is very similar to Naomi's, obviously. Um, before coming to Red, long, long before coming to Red, we were actually involved in ministry and it didn't end well. Um, we were both very burnt out. We were both very hurt. We were both very angry at the church. Not Red, the, the universal church. <laughs> um, but we both still loved God. We both still uh, believed in God. But, um, so that's why we kept coming to church. And, um, yeah, it, we came to this point where we decided we're just going to push in. This is kind of like the line in the sand, enough is enough, stop feeling sorry for ourselves, let's really see if we can make a go of what we, what we say we believe in. So, so we did. And one of the first things that, that God said to me was go to the Tuesday night prayer meetings. So I did. And they were dry and they were boring. They weren't dry and they weren't boring. I was dry and I was boring. But Thanks for clarifying, Peter. But, <laughs> but that's how I interpreted it, you know. It was like, why am I here? This is a waste of time. And um, as I just kept pushing in to, to God and he kept uh, working on me and healing things in me and doing amazing stuff as we just continue to say yes to everything that he put in, put in our um, path, um, yeah, the transformation was amazing and uh, the Tuesday night prayer meetings all of a sudden became something I wanted to go to. <laughs> that if I didn't go to it, I felt like I was missing out and it was just amazing, you know, as I pushed in, as I sought renewal, as I sought to be, you know, ref refreshed in, in, in God, in my relationship with God, that he rewarded that in ways that, yeah, I could never have imagined, yeah. Amazing. And how is God raising your expectations in prayer? I think I'd have to say as I um, spend more time in my prayer life with him, so it's not bringing a list to God of here's all the things I want him to do for me and all the things I want him to answer, but actually spending time in my relationship with Jesus and getting to know him more. Um, he's answering prayers in other ways in my life and it's just increasing my um, expectation and just one of the things that I love to do that um, helps me to get into God's presence is just having worship music on. So if I'm feeling a little bit kind of um, overwhelmed by, by things, I'll put worship music on and it starts talking about, you know, the magnificence of God and his goodness and his power and his greatness and I just found myself in my spirit going, yes, that's who God is. And so it's less about um, my lower level of expectation but more about understanding who God is. And so I've gone, of course he can. He's God. I'm not. Hey, no brainer. And so my, my expectation increases in that way. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to share a, a story of a specific example where my um, expectations were raised. Um, so I recently... Um, I, I have the privilege of 
owning my own business and working for myself. So if I really feel it, I can stop in the middle of my workday and pray, which is kind of cool. Um, I don't normally because I'm always really busy. But um, one time recently I was listening to worship music while I was working and I just felt the Lord say, stop and pray. Um, and I started praying for my my son who uh, – one of my sons is 23 and he doesn't know God. Um, and I've just – I've been praying more and more and more for him um, and really crying out for him um, – and I was just kind of doing that in the middle of work. I had just been doing emails, really, and it just struck me. Um, and while I was praying, God showed me a picture um, or put in my head this couple that Peter and I know really well. Um, and they're friends of ours and we've been friends for probably about 18 years and they're a Muslim couple and um, they're like family to us. She's, you know, like my sister. He's like Peter's brother and we love them. And um, I've never really prayed. I, I mean, I've prayed for them, but not like in a way that um, where I've really asked God to reveal himself to them. Um, I've always felt like they're good people. They're okay. You know, God loves them anyway. He's got it. And I haven't really come to him with it. And he put a picture of them in my head and I kind of laughed and said, oh God, you know, that's never going to happen. Um, and you know, they're good the way they are. I'm kind of embarrassed to say it, but um, God just said to me, why would you limit me? Why would you limit what I can do? I love these people more than you love them. Mm. I love them so much and I want to see them come to me. Mm. Um, so pray, even though you think it'll never happen because I am so much bigger than you. Um, and I was just like, oh God, I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm so embarrassed mm. that I've known these people for so long and not done this not mm. cried out for them um and we went that night to prayer with Pete's mum so we've been doing this for about six months I think we've started praying quite regularly with Pete's mum for our family um and we got there and we prayed for the family and at the end of the night she said oh now a strange thing this week the whole week the Lord's just put this couple on my heart and I haven't been able to stop praying for them and this was this couple that are um our friends and so I think God knows what he's doing and he's calling us to pray for things even if we don't think they can happen. Wow. So good. I love the way you mimic my mum's voice. (laughs) 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 Um, I guess (laughs) uh, growing in expectation in Mm. prayer. I think um, one of the main things that uh, I've grown in in prayer is, you know, you get – it's so easy – to do your five-minute prayers here and there where you pray for your needs, you know, oh, I need this, God, or will you help me with this, God, or, you know, thank you, God, that you've, that you've given me these things. And um, we were going through a, a particular time, because Naomi and I run a business together, um, a particular time of um, financial hardship with the business. Things were slowing down and we were freaking out. And um, I was coming to God and I was, I was saying, God, help us, help us. And he would just reply with, Trust, just trust, just trust, just trust. But in, inside that or uh, alongside that was and pray for the church. Okay, God, <laughs> I will trust. I'm freaking out, but I will pray for the church. And so I just started praying for the church. That's Red Church, that's the church in Australia, that's the church in the world just to see renewal and revival and all those sorts of things that we've been praying for here for so long. And I did, and I just kept doing it and kept doing it. And um, as, as I did that, over however many months it was, God met our financial needs. Yeah, those things were dealt with. And, but by that stage, it was kind of like, 
yeah, thanks, God, but I want to pray about the church. <laughs> you know, it's like that's, just, that, that's something that happened on the side. I don't really mind that much. Yeah, I trust you. And it was just, you know, when our, when our vision for what we're praying is uh, for grows beyond us and we start to really focus on, you know, what is happening beyond us, God meets our needs. And, uh, yeah, we need to ask for our needs. We need to pray for our family members that are, mm-hmm. you know, not, not knowing God and all those sorts of things is very important. But it's almost secondary. Or, you know, if we, if we pray for what's really going on in the, in the, in the world and in, in what God's heart is calling mm-hmm. for in the world, um, that stuff gets met and it's, it's just amazing really, mm. yeah. I love um, all your examples and the obedience which is, and also just paying attention to the, the Spirit's voice and prompting. It's like he's saying, hey, guys, come on, like look up. There's more. Like he's, he's just inviting and just that gentle stirring and prompting, but you're actually stepping in obedience to, to hearing his voice. It's so powerful to hear the story. Um, so how do you begin prayer in weakness and dependency? Lindy, do you want to kick us off with that one? Yeah, that's a really good question, isn't it? Um, I think sometimes our natural instinct when we're feeling really weak is to just kind of not say anything. And just kind of go, well, it's just all too hard. But the realisation that God actually wants wants our weakness. And there's um, Psalm 42, there's a verse that says, Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls and all your waves and, and breakers are, are swept over me. And what that talks about in, in a sense is that bringing our deepest needs to God's deepest fulfilment, that he meets that, that gulf. And so it's almost like the, the great mercy of God needs our emptiness. And so for me, it's like I, I can come before him because he knows, he knows my weakness. He knows even when I can't pray with words, that like that, that verse in Romans 8 that talks about the spirit interceding um, for us and um, on our behalf. So that sense that even just coming before God and going, God, I'm just so weak, I don't know what to pray for. Just think recently praying for... Um, some family matters that, that were so overwhelming and didn't know how to pray, but just being able to, do, in all kinds of prayers, like sit in silence, um, praying with tears, mm. um, praying in tongues when I don't know what I'm praying, but that sense that God was with me mm. and that his mercy was coming towards me. And I find it's a great comfort. Even when praying in tears, I don't end up in tears. I end up with a sense of, God, you're meeting me in this and I don't know how you do it. But let me just say just most recently in um, circumstances that we were praying for um, out of that place of weakness and just going, God, I, I don't know how you're going to do this and I can't fix it but you can. Um, we started to see some shifts and changes and encouragement and, and, and God has been so good in answering our prayers. So, yeah, even in our weakness, God is there. He meets us. Yeah, That's great. Yeah. Um, I think for me, I've always struggled a bit with the whole concept of weakness um, and I've always really valued strength um, to the point where I think I probably have done myself damage. My husband's nodding his head. Um, I've always tried to give a, um, like a strong 
sense of, like, look at me, I'm strong, I can cope with things. Um, and it was actually after soul care and I was having some time of prayer with Lindy and my wonderful friend Susan over there. And Susan um, had a word from God about strength and weakness for me. Um, and I realised that, that the strength that I have is my own, it's not God's. Um, and he's actually saying that's not that's not what I want for you. I want you to lay that down. I want you to stop valuing that strength and come to me in your weakness. Um, and I think when I was trying to do things in my own strength, I wasn't really leaving any room for God and I wasn't really leaving any room for the Spirit to speak to me and lead me. Um, and now I think I come, sometimes I just come to the prayer room with no agenda, no plan. I just say, here I am, God, my hands are empty. What do you want to do? What do you want to say? Um and so I think that's where, um, yeah, I'm coming in in weakness and emptiness rather than thinking I know it all um, and thinking that I've got all the answers um, already wrapped up because um, if I really did that, why would I need God at all? Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's been a really, really important thing for me to learn that I need to come in weakness. Mm, I love that, just coming with no agenda, open hands. What do you want to... Do and say God. It's really powerful. Thanks. Peter? Uh, yes. Um, so obviously I was feeling very dry and very dusty. And so in a lot of ways I did come in weakness and dependency uh, when I started crying out to God and saying things need to change. And I didn't know what to pray. I didn't know what to say. So I just sat there in silence. I, I tried to, you know, praise the Lord and, you know, Say, God, you are good, God, you are good, God, you are good. Okay, this is getting repetitive. What am I going to say now? And I just didn't know what to do. But I just came and I just came and I just came day after day after day. And um, as I did that, you know, God would reveal himself to me more. He would put words in my mind, pictures in my mind, you know, Bible verses. Sometimes I'd just sit there and I'd start crying and crying and crying. And by the end of it, I just felt so amazing guys um, particularly of my age if you don't like to cry start praying <laughs> seriously it will change it will change your life and crying particularly crying to, to, to God or with God is life-changing so do it <laughs> start crying um, good. <laughs> but yeah that's I guess coming to weakness in weakness to, to God yeah so good. I think what the whole when the Holy Spirit. I think I'm always weeping when the Holy Spirit comes upon me. I think um, it's his, his. It's a release as well. It can be joyful tears. It can be a release. It's um, the power of tears. <laughs> Amazing. I'd love to hear an example of how the Spirit is inviting you to partner in prayer, Lindy. Just give me a minute. Yeah, sure. Sorry. Jump to Naomi. Yeah. <laughs> you go first, you jump in. So I think, um, and we've probably kind of covered this a little bit, um, for me I feel like most of my Christian life has been praying when something's going wrong in my life and praying when I have some needs that I want met. Um, and it's just changed so much Um lately to, as I said, I was prompted, you know, at work at times and I'm sometimes just woken up in the night and I can't go back to sleep and God's just saying, come and go out to the lounge room, go sit on your chair and just be with me. 
Um, and this happened to me last night at like 2am and that's why I'm really tired. Um, but he was just, um, he just said, go get up. And I got up and I sat on my chair and I was just in his presence and it was relationship. Um, and I, I was just sitting there thinking, I'm not even really praying words so much as being in in God's presence and feeling love and being loved. Um, and I just think it's just so different to the way my whole prayer life has been my entire Christian life. Um, and I just, I, I feel like, um, I guess it's when we respond to those times when we feel uh, like I could have gone back to sleep, honestly, last night. I was tired and I wanted to stay in my nice cosy bed. But, you know, he was saying, get up, come and spend time with me. Um, and so I did and I experienced, you know, a, a time of, I guess, that partnership where we were together. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of my answer on that. Yeah, that's good. Um, this week, uh, God prompted me to uh, read through uh, Romans 8 um, a number of times. And I read through it and I read through it and I read through it. And Romans 8, 5 was the verse that just stuck in my in my head. And that was even before Trudy asked oh, wow. us to come up, um, which she read. So I don't know if uh, Daniel can bring it up. But um, it's those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their mindset on what the spirit desires. And I think that's been my journey. Um, my prayer life was praying for myself. My prayer life was praying for my, my kids. And it's, you know, it, there's nothing wrong with that. And so it doesn't totally necessarily fit with that, but just that self-focused, you know. And I think that if you're focused on yourself, that's what you're going to pray for. God's been teaching me to um, pray for more. You know, pray for things that are on his heart. Mm. And it's amazing. Um, as I said, I was hurt and I was angry at the church. And now I'm not. Now I love the church. I <laughs> Sometimes I find myself crying in joy sometimes, but crying um, for this church, for Red Church, Sometimes I find myself crying for the church in Melbourne and Australia. Sometimes I find myself crying and praying for the church in the world. And that's not me. You know, I had no interest in prayer. My prayer life was just give, give me what I need, God, and when you do, I'll thank you, God. And that was about it. But now he's just opened up to praying for, you know, all this stuff that, to be honest with you, in my hurt and my anger, I really didn't care about at all. And it's just amazing. Yeah. So good. One of the things that's really impacted me this year was when Rob Reamer um, came and he spoke at one of our Sunday services. And his message was all about bringing Jesus to the centre of our lives. And I'd grown up um, with a Christian kind of mindset of like Jesus first. So it's almost like you have your devotion or your quiet time first and that's done, tick for the day, da-da-da-da. And, um, and I knew that there was more to that but hearing Rob unpack it in a way that if we have Jesus in the very centre, then everything else revolves around him. And so that has just so resonated with me. I keep um, having it in the forefront of my mind every day. Lord, what does it mean for you to be the, the centre of my life 
today. And so for me, I feel like the Holy Spirit's prompted me to be more intentional about asking that question for each and every day so that I can, like Trudy, like what you said before, it's, it's asking God, where are you working today and how can I tag along? How can I be with you in where you're working? So it's not just having Jesus first tick done and forget about him for the rest of the day, but bringing him into the the very centre. So I'm finding just even in odd little moments, God might be prompting me to pray for somebody or or even just like do do this kind thing for this person. So it's like bringing Jesus into the very centre so that I can start to understand where God is already at work and, and I can see him do an even greater work. Yeah. So good. I love that, looking where the Lord is working each day. Being attentive, isn't it? Yeah, you've probably already answered a lot of this in, in your answers. Um, uh, and the, question, the next question is, uh, can you give an example of a time you're aware of the Spirit praying through you? It may not necessarily be through you know, your conscious awareness of the words you're speaking. Um, uh, Peter, you've, you've spoken about just like that kind of crying for the church and, or you know, the church in Melbourne. Um, perhaps are there any other examples you want to share um, or encouragement with this? So who wants to go first? First, um, I suspect that my answer won't be, I won't be the only person that experienced this, um, but I wanted to share it anyway. So on the Sunday night after um, the 24-7 prayer and we had Pete Gregg here speaking and he called the uh, younger generation up the front and then he called some of us older ones that felt called to pray for the younger generation to come up and lay hands on these uh, young people and I am... what I experienced was just incredible and powerful and I suspect uh, from looking around the room it wasn't just me. I know it wasn't just me. But that was a time when I just felt the Holy Spirit just flowing through me and um, into the young woman that was in front of me and she couldn't hear my prayers. It was really loud in here and, um, yeah, it wasn't about the words I was praying or the things that I felt to say. It was the Holy Spirit through and through in such a powerful and incredible wow. way. Um, and I think looking at how touched all of those young people were, I think that was happening for, for everybody. It was just uh, it was just incredibly moving. Um, and, yeah, it was, yeah, like I said, nothing about the words I said or the things I did or even what I was hearing from the Spirit. It was, it was the Spirit just flowing through and into all of the people that were up there. So good. Um, so, uh, one example that I have is uh, coming to church on a, a nine o'clock service uh, one Sunday and um, going out the back to have communion. And uh, when, when I have communion, I usually just stay out the back because it gets too crowded and I don't want to push through people. And so, I do it out the back there and I take communion and I pray. And I was doing this one Sunday and um, God just struck me with the love for all of you guys, actually. <laughs> And I, um, I opened my eyes and, and just God was highlighting one person after another, after another in the congregation. And I just prayed for each and every <laughs> one of the people who was there. It was, it was amazing. And I didn't say anything long. I said, just bless them, Lord, bless them, Lord, bless them, Lord. Went through every person in the congregation, which was totally out of character. And, um, <laughs> and then after that, God just said, stay in church for the 11 o'clock. And, and so I did. I just sat in church and I prayed 
I prayed for the, the message that was, that was being taught. I prayed that uh, the congregation, as, as, as we all sat there and, and listened, would be really touched by it. And uh, God was, was calling me to intercede for, for what was going on, which is, again, totally unbelievable if you asked me this a year ago, <laughs> that that sort of thing would happen. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that the power of testimony? Peter was just saying that his prayer life was dry. That's the Spirit's heart in Peter. He's softened your heart. Oh, I just love that. I feel emotional <laughs> hearing your testimony. Like, just so powerful. Thank you, Peter. Lindy, no? All good for, yeah, I think we've been, yeah. Um, you may, you've already answered, I think, another question. So... The final question um, as we wrap up this panel, uh, growing deeper in prayer requires sacrifice. Uh, what does, you've already answered this in some of the answers as well, but you know, if you want to highlight um, what costly prayer looks like for you or perhaps a, an encouragement for others wanting to step into prayer more. Can I just say, in answering this question, one of the um, the worst things that I can do and that we can all do is is then compare ourselves, mm-hmm. yeah. because all of us, our own, what God is requiring of each of us, um, is is going to look differently, um, and also there's no hierarchy of 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 scale of you know, well, you do more, so therefore you're loved more, and that is such a religious mindset. Um, that I know that God is constantly working on me because whenever I start to think that I need to pray more or do more, then I'm just, I, I just feel like the Holy Spirit just reminds me it's not about what you do, it's about who I am and how much I love you and how much I want you to be with me. And so it's like God always brings me back to that starting place. But if I can just share from an example. So there were several of us that, that gathered um, for prayer um, every Monday night um, to pray for Trudy and Mark when she went through a cancer treatment. And um, so when that finished, we felt like that was the season that God had called us to pray. But straight after that, I felt like the Lord said to me, I want you to keep going. I want you to keep giving me Monday nights. Now, it's not just Monday nights, but, I, but the challenge for me personally was the Lord challenging me as to um, how I spend my spare time. Am I doing it in a way that is increasing in my relationship with the Lord? Not necessarily about doing more religious things, but like I just felt like the Lord saying, do less of that and more of this. So, And that's also for me gone, okay, so Lord, if I want to be really serious about growing in my relationship with you and seeing you move in ways that, like Pete said, we're praying for the church, the universal church, desperate for the church to be the bride of Christ, then, well, okay, what does that look like, me in the prayer room? And it's so easy for me to sit back, oh, well, I'll pray that amount of time in my cosy home so that I can just get up and go and get a coffee whenever I want. And But no, spending time in the prayer room, a regular time in the prayer room. So that's just something for me personally that God is challenging me and I know it's going to look different for everyone but I just want to reiterate that, you know, don't compare yourself with someone but just listen to what God wants to do and and, I'm, and it doesn't become a doing thing. It becomes a being thing because I'm spending time with Jesus and it is more precious and, it, and I'm loving not 
spending more time watching TV and other stuff, I'm actually finding meeting with Jesus is becoming so precious and it's like the more you spend time with him, the more you want to spend time with him. It just, it grows. So, yeah. Thanks, Lynette. I, mm. And I know this is not why you share this, but I know that Mark and I and the kids um, truly reap the benefit of costly prayer of others um, praying around us. And, um, and I think it's that selfless prayer that you are praying beyond something, you know, beyond yourselves and your own prayer needs. I think to step into that, that is costly. Um, so I'm very grateful. Yeah. Naomi, would you like to share? Um, yeah, I would like to start by seconding what Lindy said about um, comparison. Um, I have never felt like I've measured up my entire Christian life and I think there's probably lots of us that feel that way because we're spending way too much time looking at what we think other people are doing and thinking that they're doing a better job than us. Um, and so I just, yeah, I want to really encourage you as well that, um, yeah, God's God's calling you to more because he loves you. He's calling you to more because he wants relationship with you um, and that's what he did with me. Um, and I I had a time um, after soul care, which was really um, transformational, after soul care I started spending, uh, like waking up half an hour earlier and not getting out of bed and listening to worship music. So I'd have the music thing beside my bed and I would put music uh, worship music on before I got out of bed and spend half an hour just in the presence of God with worship music. Um, and he's been speaking to me quite a lot during that time and one morning he said to me you know you say that your love language is quality time but all you give me are your table scraps and I just went whoa god that's harsh um but I thought it's true I I say I'm a quality time person I want quality time with my family I want quality time with my friends why am I not giving quality time to god and spending quality time with God. So it was a real challenge for me to just continue to give more and more of my time, whether that's sitting there listening to worship music or uh, going to the prayer room or going to Tuesday nights. Um, and one of the things that we started doing, Peter and I, about six months ago, I mentioned praying with Pete's mum. That was something I didn't particularly want to start doing. Um, she's my mother-in-law. I love her to bits, but... Um, you know, you can have challenging relationships with people that you love. Um, and so she said, let's start praying together for the family regularly. Um, and I begrudgingly said yes. Um, and it's been an incredible time of prayer. She is a different person when she's praying and the Holy Spirit is there and it's been amazing. Mm. So um, I think when I think about costly prayer, sometimes it is saying yes to things that we might have otherwise not said yes to. It is making space. And, um, yeah, I think Mark mentioned – you preached about costly prayer a little while ago and it stuck with me. Like I think out of that whole series, that's what stuck with me the most. And every time I've thought, oh, I don't know if I want to go tonight, it's raining and, you know, whatever, I'm tired, work was hard today, I just remind myself that, that we're called to costly prayer and so, yeah, most of the time I go and do it anyway. Mm, so good. Thanks, Naomi. Um, yeah, prayer. We're in a relationship with God. And, um, you know, you, you read the Bible and you hear about the church being the bride of Christ. You, uh, you know, read through Song of Songs and that blows your mind and kind of a little bit creeps you out sometimes. But um, God wants an intimate relationship with us and... Um, it's, it's really hard to get your head around, but um, 
you know, I'm married to Naomi. If I only spoke with her five minutes a day and all I did was told her what I wanted, we wouldn't have much of a relationship. If I didn't listen to what she wanted, we wouldn't have much of a relationship. Um, yeah, prayer is essential if you want a relationship with God. And it's got a cost. You've got to listen. I don't know I always want to listen to Naomi. She, <laughs> she talks a lot. She's an extreme extrovert. And sometimes I'm like, I just want to have my own thoughts now. And, but I listen anyway because <laughs> I love her and I want to have a relationship with her. And that's what God's been teaching me, that he wants to have a relationship with me. It's got a cost. You know, I've got to shut up and listen and respond. And, uh, yeah, so... I've, I've now made that part of my daily rhythms that I'm spending at least an hour every day um, coming and, and praying and uh, reading the word in silence. I go to the prayer meetings. We go to the, uh, the prayer room and we do the uh, before service prayers and praying with my mum and just finding any excuse to pray that I can at the moment. And when I don't, because, you know, life does get in the way sometimes and you can't do what you want to do, um, and God's fine with that, by the way. Um, but when that does happen, I actually feel like I'm missing out. You know, I, I'm like, oh man, I, I haven't prayed for the first uh, for the last couple of days in the morning. I, I've been tired, and I've got up at six thirty instead of five thirty. Man, I'm missing praying to God. I better get up, you know, this morning and and, and really spend some quality time with Him. Um, it's got a cost. Yeah, it does. Mm. Mm. Wow, I'm inspired. Is that the power of testimony, the power of growing, um, of lived out example of gospel truths? Thank you so much. Can we share a round of a, give an appreciation for Lindy, Naomi, and Peter? Thank you so much, guys. Yeah. You've just been listening to the testimonies from our 9 a.m. Sunday service. And we've got some more testimonies from our 11.15 a.m. Sunday service as well. So here they are. I'm going to invite up my panel, <laughs> a panel to share. Uh, would you give um, a welcome to Lindy and Dave and Obed as they come and join us? Um, thanks. And I've just got some questions around um, those key truths that I've, I've just shared and um, I think it's just real power from hearing from lived experiences. So the first question and um, I want to talk about, so let's talk about this idea of heart preparation and prayer. How has your desire to pray in the spirit grown as you've pursued renewal? Would you like to start, Lindy? Yeah. Thanks, Trudy. Um, I think if I start at the beginning for where I was at, you can sort of see the progression, but um, I think for a long time I've felt like there's been a big disparity between what I read in the Gospels and growing church and what is a, a reality for, for the, the church today. And I sort of, why aren't we seeing that same level of power and prayer and encounter and all of that um, in our experience and if Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever, then the problem's not on his side. The problem's on our side. And then I felt like the Lord needed to um, really prompt me to own 
where the problem was with me personally before I start pointing the finger at, <laughs> at everybody else. And I realised that, you know, over a long period of time, probably my relationship with the Lord had gone somewhat sort of stale and dry. And I didn't feel like I could, I feel like I could say the words, I love you, Jesus, but I wasn't actually feeling it. And I wanted to be able to feel it because there were people that I knew that I looked at that I could see that they were actually really loved the Lord and they were compassionate and they were people that you could see that were godly. And I was like, wow, I wanted to be like them. And then I discovered that they were like the way they were because they spent time with the Lord in prayer. And it was not about just bringing a list of prayer things to God. This is what I want you to do for me and answer. But they actually encountered Jesus in that that prayer space. So that was my beginning thing by, by just saying, Lord, this is where I'm at. I'm actually not feeling towards you the way that I know that I should and the way that I want you to, um, in the way that I knew that Jesus wanted to meet me. So it started with me owning my stuff and asking the Lord to, to grow me in a love relationship with him. And so I started to actually spend more time with the Lord and, and pray and and over time he has and it's not a full stop on it but he's continuing to um, to increase my love for him because I'm encountering him through prayer yeah mm, so good thanks Lindy who wants to go next doesn't have to be in any particular order <laughs> hello um, yeah desire for praying in the spirit for me uh, actually started very similar, but for me it started as the best things always do in absolute failure. Uh, you know, <laughs> like I was exact same, sitting there going, Lord, what on earth is going on? I look at the disciples, I see these lives, I see casting out of demons, I see healings, I see people coming to God, and I am not seeing it. And so I tried some stuff, as we all do, and it absolutely failed. And it's because I was doing it in my own strength, honestly. Um, and I was doing it for my own goals, for my own glory, for my own ability to go, well done, Obed, you're a great Christian, good job. Um, but that's not how God works. And so my desire to really pray in the spirit has actually grown out of realizing I cannot do anything in my own strength. Mm. Not a single thing for the kingdom will I actually ever accomplish in my own strength. Rob Rima had this um, illustration he did, which I absolutely loved at Solke. He said, um, he was talking about deliverance, but he said, in deliverance ministry, this is all that I bring to, to deliverance. I bring nothing, absolutely nothing. It's God's spirit who brings everything mm. in his power. And so really the desire to pray in the Spirit has come because I've realized if I'm not praying in the Spirit, then my words are pretty empty. Um, it's just me coming to God and complaining or wanting this, wanting that, and God's just sitting there going, yes, yes, very good. In your time, you'll come to me and actually know what's good for you, but for now, I'll listen. You know, we're, we're children having a bit of a tantrum, but when we come to him in the Spirit, that's where we actually find the power of God and we find the moves of God. Yeah, yeah so good. Thanks, Obi. Um, for me, I think as I've sort of started engaging in prayer for renewal, I found that sort of what Mark's been preaching at for a long time, that God wants to do the renewal in, in me first mm. and getting to that point and going, similar to both your stories, I suppose, just finding that I, I lack so much and just like I need, I need as, as I sort of go to that deeper place and deal with the deeper parts of who I am, um, I find that I just need to be praying because I, I can't solve it myself. I don't, I'm not in control. I can't fix it. Um, and so that has sort of, I suppose, guided me into relying on God, praying um, more, seeking him more because um, I need the spirit to, to move in me before, you know, I can see there's other things. So, yeah, it's come out of a bit of a, like almost like a brought to a desperation point to, mm. to lead um, into that prayer space. Mm. Good. 
Could any of you comment perhaps on like the process of renewal? Like is it a, um, have you had kind of key moments of big breakthrough? Has it been a gradual process? Do you want to comment on that? Uh, it's absolutely been both. Yeah. It's been gradual and really big moments. Mm. Um, the big thing I've found is if I'm feeling desperate, that's actually a pretty good thing because um, it means that I'm wanting to seek God more than I am wanting to seek anything else in my own life. Um, but it has been gradual and it has been, you know, uh, instantaneous. There have been moments over my story where I have seen God grow in my life. But when I look back on it now, I go, oh, yeah, but I was only giving him like 10% of my heart. But he was still so happy with that 10%. So don't get me wrong. Give him the 10%. But trust that in time, God is going to challenge you to keep giving more and more. Um, I find generally... Uh, I don't think I'll ever end this journey of personal renewal that will flow on into praying yeah. in the spirit. I don't think that ends in this life. Mm. I think that's the joy of our, of our salvation is getting to every day come to God and go, what new thing am I going to yeah. discover? Yeah, thanks for pointing that out. It's an ongoing process, mm. isn't it? So that's really key. Yeah, great. Well, perhaps we'll move on to the next question. Um, how is God raising your expectations in prayer? I think, as I shared before, just spending more time with the Lord uh, in actually praying and and sensing his closeness and his love and his characteristics and also spend, spending time with the Lord in worship and, um, you know, the songs that talk about God's character, it's helping me to realise that, you know, yes, he can. And it's not, it's not me, but understanding more about God's character and also just being able to try and develop a life of thankfulness too, even in just all the small things and each and every day being thankful and realising how faithful and how good God is every single step of the way. And then that just like exponentially just increases your faith because you realise he is good and he is the same yesterday and today and forever. And I've just it's just up to me to give him more of my heart each and every day. It's a growing relationship. And so my expectations and my faith increase. And might I just say just um, even in just the recent season of just um, praying for Trudy and her um, going through cancer mm. and just seeing and hearing the good report of what's come through that man. If that doesn't blow your mind and increase your faith and see what God can do, well then, you know, what else can? So, yeah, God is just is faithful all the time. Mm. Yeah, Amazing. Yeah. And I've received the benefit of Lindy's prayers and many prayers. So, yeah, absolutely. I've seen breakthrough that way. Thank you. Yeah. Um, for me, I think something that was significant this year, for, for many as well, was um, through soul care. I think um, on the other side of that, I feel like um, the spirit in me just resonated with truth much more easily um, and then responded to lies more easily. So I, I could sort of, as I read the Bible, as I pray corporately with other people, the truth of what God says in his word stood out so much, so much more clearly that I could just be like, yeah, that raised the expectation that God, God, you've promised this. Mm. I'm going to pray that you actually do it. Um, for, for me, the image that came to mind when I was um, after that weekend was sort of like this image of like a glass box in me that was holding the spirit. And beforehand, it was sort of like claustrophobic and lots of things surrounding it. It was like a flame being you know, held tight. But then um, after some, some prayer, it's like the, the spirit had room to breathe. And, to like, and so as, as truth hits me in my mind, in my heart, in my soul, the, the flame sort of, you know, breathes life, but then when lies come across, it just sort of deflects it back. And that sort of, for me, has just sort of been a, 
a way to raise the expectation, go, as those truths come, I'm going to pray for that and believe that, and the spirit within me resonates with that. Mm. Mm. So good. Yeah. yeah, I think very similar again. Um, I think, look, honestly, make a decision in your heart to take literally the word of God and you will find your expectations have to raise. You'll probably have a period, like I imagine all of us have had, of getting really angry because you go, Lord, what's going on? You know, like I've got the expectations. I'm doing the things that I think you're telling me to do and I'm not seeing it. Your expectations will raise. That's a good thing. Don't be afraid of uncomfortable conversations with God. That's something that I'm trying to learn how to do better at the moment. But, man, you look at any of the of the big biblical characters and they argue yeah. with God. They argue with him a lot. <laughs> yes. And they, they, you know, they tell him when they think, no, that's not right. That's yep. not what you said. You gave me a promise and I'm going to stand by this until you fulfill what you said, God. And so, look, I mean, if you want a case of raised expectations, look at literally any page of the Bible and you'll find it. So I think one of the biggest things that's helped me raise my expectations is just taking Jesus's word at face value with no compunctions about, well, that was, you know, that was the zero BC, you know, so that's slightly different. They didn't have cafes to go to like I do. You know, so if you just get rid of all of your excuses and take literally what God says, you will have to raise your expectations. It's just a fact. I love it. And that just points out the key to, to prayer as well is perseverance. God, I love that wrestle. God, you've said you, you've done it before. You can do it again. And just that wrestle with God and arguing with God. Like, um, yeah, claiming what he says, who he says he is. Love it. Thank you so much. Um, how do you guys begin prayer in weakness and dependency? I think honest. I think you've got to be honest with the Lord where you're at. Um, Coming before him um, sometimes with silence, just going, Lord, I don't even have words today. But sometimes I come before him with tears. And, and then I can even know that in the tears that he knows what my internal groanings and like as Romans 8 says, that the spirit intercedes um, with, with groans on our behalf as well. So it's like the spirit interprets our inward groanings when we don't even have the words and brings it to the Lord. Mm. Um, Praying in tongues is another way of, of being able to, in weakness when you don't have words, express that to the Lord and the Holy Spirit takes that to the Father as well. There's a Psalm, um, Psalm 42 that says, Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls and all your waves and breakers have, have swept over me. And to me that just talks about coming to the Lord in that, that deep place when we have um, deep fulfil, um, deep longings, deep pain, deep, unmet expectations, whatever the pain is that we carry in our, in our state of weakness of, as Trudy said before, in this place of now but not yet, that in that deep place of our longings and our emptiness, that deep calling to deep, it meets the deep fullness of God. And it's like the grace, that it's like the greatness of God's mercy needs our emptiness to be able to pour all of God into our empty space. So um, just being able to take that, that scripture and kind of go, yeah, it's okay to have that deep calling to deep um, because it's acknowledging God's fullness and his, his ability to meet that need that we have, that we express to him in all sorts of ways. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. I uh, read something this morning that's been confronting me on, on weakness and dependency as well. Um, it just described self-righteousness uh, 
or the sense that we are doing good, holy things, therefore pat on the back, or we can feel secure and comfortable in that, as a self-illusion. And that uh, it is actually delusional as Christians to think at any point in our faith journey we are, we are absolutely purified mm-hmm. and that we are anything but weak and broken. You know, we are both now and not yet. We have been purified and we will be purified. It's both and. So in some senses we can rest in the assurance that God will purify us one day, but at the same time we need to constantly recognize we're not there yet. We, we won't be there until we're dead and in heaven. And at the end, that'll be wonderful. We can all have a break, have a party, have a Kit Kat. Um, but until that day, we just got to stick with this understanding that we, we, we are not there yet. We're just not. And so if we're going to see God move in power, we have to admit how weak we actually are, mm. how dependent we actually are. For me, that always starts in prayer. I, I always have to start with repentance. Because, um, you know, I may not be aware of it immediately, but there is stacks I've got to repent of every single day. Um, and I've got to come with humility to go, Lord, you know, if you look at the great biblical characters, read any autobiography, all of them say that they've brought nothing to their ministry. Catherine Kuhlman talks about herself in her amazing healing ministries that she brought nothing. She, she, if she went out there one single day thinking she could do it in her own strength, she knew that would be the day that her ministry ended, gone. Mm-hmm. We have to admit our weakness. We have to recognize we can't do it because that is a place of freedom. That's a place where we can go, oh, it's not on my back anymore. I don't have to make revival happen. I don't have Mm. to make renewal happen. I don't have to make the spirit move. I'm just joining what he's already doing. That's freedom. Mm. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I think this is something I've been journeying on the last couple of years. I remember a couple of years ago just going through a, a tough season and my, my, my automatic response was either like have a quick prayer about it and move on, try and distract myself, don't want to deal with like some of the, the challenges of life. And I, and I felt really compelled one day just to sit in, in, the, in the pain and the sorrow of what was going on, like, like fully like mind, body, soul, spirit, and just maybe for an uncomfortable amount of time sit there with Jesus without praying, without saying anything, and just let the feeling of what was going on resonate like fully within me. And I think... Um, sitting in that space for a period of time and was able to allow me to then pray out of that in a new way. Mm-hmm. And so I, I found myself the last couple of years when I sort of have these, you know, difficult moments come up, um, entering into that place deliberately and not um, not just saying a quick prayer and move on, find a distraction so I don't have to think about it, but actually sit in the pain for a period of time and that sort of reveals the weakness and dependency I need of Jesus to, to come through. Yeah. Oh, that's a really powerful example of really just sitting not knowing where to begin, but allowing, making room for the spirit to do his work in you. Yeah, thanks, Dave. That's really powerful. So my next question, can you share an example of how the spirit is inviting you to partner in prayer or he has invited you in the past to partner in prayer? I think for me, maybe not any sort of significant story, I think it's just the day-to-day little bits and pieces that come mm. up for me, just um, and, and more recently finding opportunity when um, I'm chatting to people, friends or family, and, and maybe we're talking about stuff, just being open to hearing what the Spirit wants to say in that time, or just little promptings and being more aware of it, and just maybe, you know, from just chatting to friends, going, hey, can I pray for you, and just praying in the moment, mm. wherever it is, rather than... Um, just sort of listening and going on. So I think for me it's about trying to be more aware of what the Spirit is saying and the promptings and just just trying to be obedient to that in the moment, just little bits and pieces here and there and, 
and building faith over time with that. Yeah. Can you describe perhaps what those promptings may be like? Is it, you know, in your thoughts or is it a stirring yeah. in your heart? It's sometimes hard to articulate. Yeah, I think it is. I think sometimes I sort of rationalise just a, a thought that would pop into my mind. So that's just my only thought, but just actually over time realising sometimes that thought in my mind or just that, that heart sort of thing maybe is the spirit moving and just taking a, a – maybe it's not, but what's, what's the harm in praying for someone anyway? Yeah. So <laughs> It's, yeah. a, it's yeah. a leap of faith yeah, sometimes. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, for, for me, uh, re really recently actually, if you know me, I'm, I'm going for a job at the moment, which is a pretty significant departure from my life and, you know, life change. No better time than to be praying than in life change. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, uh, it brought me to God. Oh, so good. And he's happy about that. Um, but I should be going all the time. Anyway, uh, brought me to God. And I was like, Lord, all right, so let's talk about this. Are you calling me to this? Is this where you want me to go? And I, I'd gone to the prayer room and I'm like, yes, yeah, so good. This is going to be great. God's going to reveal all these amazing dreams and visions for this next season. And I get there and God graciously gives me a bit of an answer. And then he goes, now... Let's just pray for the people who are in that environment already. I was like, well, uh, that wasn't on my agenda, Lord. <laughs> that wasn't my reason to come here. Um, but God doesn't mind. You know, God just gave me that reassurance. You will have the answer in given time. Trust me, for now we are praying for other people. And so in that moment, it was quite similar. You know, there was just that prompting and then going, all right, Lord, I, I trust you'll reveal what I'm wanting to know in your timing. But for now, I just need to extend my heart to these people I don't even know. Um, yeah, and I'll leave that there, actually. Mm, thanks, Obed. Uh, I love that it's, um, it's following the agenda of the Spirit, even though you had yours. Um, the Lord's going, okay, trust me with that. But look over here, and you just had to follow in obedience. But it's you being attentive to his voice. It's a powerful example. Thank you. And just yes, similarly for me, I feel like one of the things that the Lord is impressing upon me is, is to be intentional, um, to be intentional with how I'm actually leaning into what the Spirit might be saying. And um, one of the things that Rob Remus said at uh, when he spoke here on a, on a Sunday a few months back, he talked about bringing Jesus into the very centre of our lives instead of just being the first thing, like that whole old religious way of like, I'll do my devotion first thing in the morning and then that's done, tick, and then you just go about your day and you don't think about Jesus or anything for the rest of the day and then till the next day, here's my, you know. But, but bring, bringing Jesus into the centre, when he's in the centre, he's in, in the middle of absolutely everything in the way that we live. And so I feel like the Lord's been impressing upon me about being intentional about that, about praying about, okay, God, where are you already at work and how can I come alongside that and see where you're working? So whether it's uh, whether I'm at work or at home or, you know, at the gym, wherever, but just kind of like trying to like have some spiritual antenna there and seeing where the spirit might be working. And sometimes it's just a little sense of like, you know, pray for this person or do this kind thing like you know sometimes it's just a random thing like shout this person a coffee or something mm. uh, and you know for no reason and just kind of learning to sense of what the spirit might already be at work in and just being open to conversations and yeah so it means rather than just sitting back and just waiting for God to kind of you know like hey this is the big thing happening but about being intentional and then working alongside where the Holy Spirit is already at work. Yeah. Mm. 
Can I just ask a, a follow-up question on that? Do you, do you find in those everyday moments, I find like I want to be intentional in my day-to-day -day, and sometimes I get distracted into what I'm doing. Are there any tips or encouragement for anyone here who wants to be intentional, go, yep, I want to be? Is it like praying a little prayer on, in the drive to work? What does that look yeah, like? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Like, yeah, so just and rather than like, you know, I mean, yes, I'll pray in the morning, but then sometimes it's like on my way to work or I get to work, I go, okay, Lord, I'm here now today. So help me just to slow down and not to be too busy for whoever you might want to interrupt my day with. Mm. Um, and I think that's one thing that strikes me about the Gospels, that Jesus was, yes, he was busy, but he was always interruptible because there was always something where the spirit was already at work and Jesus, you know, for Jesus to heal somebody or to deliver somebody or to um, challenge someone about their faith. And um, so, yeah, learning to, and, and I'm learning, so, you know, don't have it all together. I'm learning to live uh, a more interruptible life and just being ready with those little prayers along the way in each situation. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's really encouraging. And and don't and not being too hard on myself when I do have a really super busy day too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. God understands. God knows. Yeah. Yes. We're human. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I, I think um, this next question really goes hand in hand with the last question about partnering with the spirit. But I just thought you may have a, a specific example of a time you're aware of um, the spirit praying through you. And it may not be, you know, words um, articulated per se, but it might be through, you know, crying that you sense it's actually the spirit because it's actually bypassed your your thoughts and it's actually the spirit crying or groans or have you had an experience like that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, look, the, the times where I have been praying in the spirit, uh, I feel like there's a couple markers for me. Um, one of them is that it's rarely to do with me. Um, it's often for other people. I feel like generally something I'm just noticing, as human beings, we operate better when our focus is not ourself. Mm. You know, it's um, almost like we were made that way. Anyway. Yeah. Um, the, Something in that. The, one, one, yeah, so one of them is that uh, I'm often not praying for myself. I'm praying for someone else. The other thing I notice is that it uses every part of me. Um, like there's no distraction. I'm just completely immersed. It's like the spirit immerses your entire thinking, your your body, your soul, your spirit. And you're right. It's almost like you have to slow down and stop hurrying yourself on to the next activity. You need to give the spirit room to move in that space. Um, but for me as well, when it's really come on strong praying in the spirit, it's um, it's very tailored. And it's very personal to whatever that issue is. I often have a way, I love to talk. I don't know if you can tell, um, but I love to move my mouth. And the Lord loves that. But sometimes that's not what he's interested in, in praying for someone. Sometimes it's more about sitting and crying or just singing or sometimes dancing. And, you know, I, I have a mixed relationship to dance, but God loves it when we dance, when we celebrate and praise and worship. There can be joyful interceding prayer. There can be joyful spiritual mm. prayer. Mm. I think you know it's in the spirit when you are having to be led by where he's taking you. Mm. So it's always tailored, it's always active, and it's usually always for other people mm. as well. Mm. I love that. Like all our senses are designed to connect with God. I think there's something in that. Yeah, it's good. Dave, did you have something else you wanted to? I, I think for me, um, praying in the spirit for other people, it, 
I found times where, like, maybe I'm praying for, for someone or other people. Yeah, I think, yeah, not, not for myself, right, is where it resonates more. Um, and spirit will maybe drop a word or something in me and I'm sort of pray through it and then come to, like, a corporate prayer gathering and then someone says the exact same thing. It's just like, I shouldn't be surprised by this, but, like, the spirit works amongst all of us together. And so, um, I, yeah, I found being more open to hearing what the spirit's saying and trying, trying to pray for the things that drop into my mind and not just think it's, it's my own you know, Bible knowledge or something good that's come up, but actually being willing to just bring it before God and allow him to, to speak through me, pray through me. Um, yeah, God prays things that I, I couldn't think of myself and I think mm. that's when it, it resonates and, and hits home for me. Mm, that's good. I also just want to add in a personal thing as well at this point. Um, I've had experience um, of like the Spirit praying through me powerfully when, particularly when we've been going through um, I don't know if that's an email <laughs> that coming in. That was just a spirit. <laughs> ding, ding. Um, particularly at times of um, spiritual warfare, I've found if we've been going through like a time and we've just been aware of like some heaviness or something and I actually, I've actually experienced like the spirit praying like powerfully through me that I'm not, I'm just like a, a, like a vessel and it's like he's just stepping in in power, um, crying out on on my behalf or the situation. So I just thought to, to share that example that, that I've really experienced spirit powerfully in those moments. Yeah. Have you had that experience? Anyone else? I, I was just going to say, I just mm. think one of the important um, the key things is to not get too focused on our, on our feelings in those moments. Mm. That, what, yes, the spirit wants to work through all part of us and sometimes our feelings do come into it. Sometimes we do feel and sense something when, when we're praying. But, but there's other moments when you might not feel necessarily but you can still be praying in the spirit because it's an act of faith mm. and and knowing that even in our silence and even in our groans and even in our tears that we can still pray in the spirit because the holy spirit understands our innermost part and also you know there's other scriptures that talk about that we have the mind of christ so when our mind is centered and focused on jesus even when we might not have be as articulate as this one here <laughs> And we might stumble over our words. We can still trust that we are praying in the spirit. So not not to lean on our feelings, uh, but sometimes they do come into play in a powerful way in those moments when when we're praying in a in a specific way. But yeah, mm. but sometimes they're not, and so and that's okay. And it's not one or the other. You know. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I love that. And and just when we don't know where to begin, and I love the posture that you described, Dave, when you're just like. I'm just here, God, I actually have nowhere to begin. Um, we heard from Peter this morning and he just described this dryness. Some of you might be feeling that today and just going, look, I don't even know where I begin. I don't even know how to have a prayer life. I'm just feeling completely dry. It's just it's just start, just saying yes and just sitting and being and allowing the Holy Spirit. And it might be a gradual process. He might meet you in that moment, but just... Sometimes you'll turn up and you just don't know what it's about or you'll just begin prayer and just like, I have no idea. Be honest with God. Yeah, I think that, that is the encouragement, just um, whatever that looks like where you're at. Great. Well, the last question, and it's related to this, is um, growing, as I said before, growing deeper in prayer requires sacrifice. And so can you describe what, what costly prayer looks like for you? Can I take the one? Yep. Um, as I shared in the earlier service, I think um, 
the first thing that I want to say in regards to costly prayer and sacrifice is that the biggest enemy to that is comparison, is when we compare ourselves to someone else and we think that, oh, they must be um, a better Christian than I am because they go to X amount of prayer meetings or, you know, da-da-da-da. And that's just such an, a tactic of the enemy um, because it wants to, to make it all about what we do as opposed to um, who we're with, which is which is Jesus. And so when I share with you the things that I feel like God has called me to in costly prayer, um, we must never put anybody on any pedestals or anything. But, you know, we are all in this together and God will always... Um, it's like equal, uh, equal sacrifice doesn't always mean equal giving. If that, yep. Does that make sense? Yes. So yep. um, what we sacrifice is what the Holy Spirit will put upon us. Yeah. So if I use an example that there was a group of us that... Um, gathered together every Monday night to to pray for Trudy and Mark and the family when she's going through the cancer treatment and it kind of ran its course and we've had a wonderful result that we've been so excited mm. to to know the healing that God has brought into your life, Trudy. Mm. And um, But at the end of that time, I felt like the Lord said, I want you to keep going, I want you to keep praying on a Monday night. And um, so I've gone, okay, Lord. I, I can do that. And that's, that was just that was a random thought, but I thought, well, that's not my thought because my natural thought was like, okay, we've done that and now I'll just go back to doing the things that I normally do. I don't know, watch TV or something. But I said, okay, Lord, I feel like you're saying that, that you want that as a sacrifice for me. And, and also um, what does it look like as far as going to the prayer room that it it's really easy for me to sit back and go, well, I'll just stay at home and I'll pray an amount of prayer, of time at home because it's, you know, it's a late night and it's cold or whatever and um, I'll just have coffee when I want at home and I'll make my little prayer space. But I felt like the Lord's going, no, I want you to actually make regular time to go to the prayer room. And, and also for me is to also... Um, be intentional about coming on a Tuesday night. And can I just say, when I first started coming um, to the to pre-nights, when 24-7 first, first started, it was not like I was this praying person, like, yes, I can't wait to get to prayer. But it was a case of actually being obedient because I knew that, um, that prayer changes things. So therefore, if I'm not seeing change, it's because I'm not praying. So I needed to be obedient to that which I actually really believed and valued in my heart which was like, if God's going to do anything good in this day and age for a church, for a time like this, then we need to be praying people. So I've got, okay, well, Lord, I'll go along to these meetings. And can I just say I found it just to be such an um, enriching time of community together. That's where I first found community in this place because it bypassed a lot of, you know, top-level fluffy conversation and suddenly you're praying with people at a really deep heart level and you go, oh, my gosh, listen to that person pray. That is so inspiring and encouraging. And it's got to the point now because we encounter Jesus in this space and as Dave shared before in corporate prayer, someone might just suddenly share something that they feel like the Lord's saying and someone else will go, oh, I had that same picture. Mm. And it's encouraging because if you like, the Holy Spirit's talking to all of us about the same thing at the same time and you really grow in your prayers. So that's become um, something that as you – that might initially seem costly and hard and difficult and you're tired and you don't want to, but when you step into that place and you meet God in that place, that sacrifice becomes really easy over time because it's something that God has something very, very precious for you. And then down the track I'm sure he'll increase that level of sacrifice but – 
it do, it's not a chore. It might be hard at some time, but it, God's calling of us because he's wanting relationship and he's wanting to draw us into that space of sacrifice. Yep. Good. Uh, one thing for me has been um, pr- praying um, not my will but yours be done as a sacrifice and it's, it's so easy. I find it so easy just to come with like my list of, oh, this would be great, God, if you know, please do this, blah, 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 but um, to actually like to pray that prayer genuinely, not my will but yours be done, is a sacrifice and to go, I'm here just to, to, to be obedient to your will and so I'm going to bring these things before you. The Bible's full of examples of people bringing their desires to God and so I'm not going to stop doing that but in the end I'm going to say, God, not my will but yours be done and, and have that as a sacrifice towards God and then out of that able to pray less about me, more about other people, more about the church, what God's doing um, here and, and around, um, around the world. So, yeah. mm, that's good. Uh, I'll say the obvious one. Uh, believe it or not, it's going to cost you time. Whoa! <laughs> shocking revelations. I know. <laughs> I was in the private space and he told me that. No, um, <laughs> it, will, it will cost you time. Yeah. It will cost you time. And look, in some senses, I can't tell you what it will cost you because my cost of time is different to your cost of time is different to the person next to you. Like... For me, as a young person starting out a career, the time of taking out a couple hours a day is going to be vastly different to someone who's starting a young family, for example. There's a very big difference in cost there. But I just want to encourage you, God gets it. God has so much grace. God has so much compassion for different life circumstances. If there's one person who understands your situation, it is God. It is the Holy Spirit. He gets it better than anyone else. So for me, uh, the big thing was time. And I just want to reflect as well kind of on what Lindy was saying, um, that it will suck at the start probably and it will be boring and it will be slow. But, you know, just like you hear about stuff we all know, habits take, what is it, 18 to 66 days, somewhere around there, to actually set in motion. Once you cross that threshold, prayer is the easiest thing in the world and it's the most rewarding thing in the world. You actually long for that space. It feels wrong if you miss it. You, you have have a, a lack of peace there. I think, I mean, all, all of us up here would say if we miss our prayer time in a day or in a week, we would feel kind of worried about it. We're like, oh, I've got to get in there with the Spirit. Got to get back in with the Spirit. Mm. It becomes normal. Mm. It's like any training thing. You've got to go to the gym. It sucks for the first week, but you will see the payoff as time goes on. The other kind of thing that's a bit of an obvious cost, but we don't like to acknowledge is interruption, just like Lindy was talking about before. Um, you know, if, again, if you haven't read this, I'm sure most of us have already heard this book to death, but The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, highly recommend it. Uh, we live very busy lives here in this kind of current day and age. You'd expect that with all of our wealth and bounty, we would actually have very empty lives, but we don't. We have very overfilled lives. We fill them with so much stuff. We've got to constantly be doing or we feel like we're failing, right? Mm. That's not the way that God lives. God is willing to be interrupted. God is willing not to have our day's agenda go to plan, right? So we need to divorce ourselves from going, I must complete everything that I plan today because that's operating in our own strength. We have to be willing, and this is the cost, to go, well, I might get through 50% of what I did today, and that's okay because I trust God's got the other 50% on another day, and that's fine. Yeah, we have to be willing for God to come in and go, I know that you needed to go and you were going to go to the Bible Project and feel really good about that, but I actually need you to just sit with your coworker here who's really struggling, and they haven't told you about it yet, but just stay with them for like 20 minutes and they'll start talking. Yeah, we've got to be willing to, to sacrifice time in mm. so many different ways. That's good. But it does pay off. 
Mm, so true. Thanks. Yeah, that's it. Thank you so much. Can we give uh, show our appreciation so much? Thank you to Lindy, Obed, and Dave for for sharing. Thank you so much. I'm gonna. It's just so powerful, the power of testimony, isn't it? Like um, when I, yeah, Lindy highlighted just learning to pray. I've I've learned to pray from from being around others who pray. I. When Lindy prays, I see Christ in her. When Obed prays, I see Christ in him. When David prays, I see Christ in him. We each have our own expression. We each connect with Christ. And so I love it. That's how we grow in prayer, um, just coming alongside one another. He's put us in a church together and he's doing exciting things. I could look around the room now and I see many of you choosing to step into renewal, step into prayer. And um, I know each of you would have your own story and testimony um, that I'd love to even hear more. And, and as you're growing in prayer, um, I just, I'm going to invite the band up now as um, we're going to have a time of prayer, a time of response. Um, I believe wherever you're at it in prayer, if you're just going, oh, that's great for those guys, but I just don't know how to begin. I just love you to have the opportunity to just inquire of the Lord. Perhaps the Lord wants to, to he's just gently calling you perhaps to come and be and just open your heart to him afresh today. Perhaps you, you would like someone to come alongside you and pray for you that you would have an increased desire or have um, space in your life to even begin a prayer life. We'd love to pray for you. Whatever that looks like, we just want to create some space to inquire of the Lord. And I actually believe it's, it's actually the Lord, it's the Spirit who stirs up prayer, who stirs up our hearts, who's drawing us to his heart in prayer. So I'd just like to pray now. The band are going to pray, play, are going to not pray, but play <laughs> and pray if they can. Um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pray and just have we're gonna have a time now if you'd like to come and just kneel at the at the front perhaps and just go Lord I want this I want more there's so much more of your power to access in prayer. If you'd like some prayer at the sides or even at the front you can just gently raise your hand and someone one of the team will come and pray alongside you. And even in your seat. You may just want to just say a little prayer to the God. God, help me. I don't know where to begin. Whatever that looks like. Just open your hearts, open your posture towards him. He wants to meet with you this morning. So God, I just um, thank you that it's not about us. I thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit. I thank you that... We are designed, you've made us for partnership. You've made us to be your vessels of your spirit. And what a privilege it is, Lord. I just pray that you'll open our eyes to the power that in prayer that is found in you, Lord God, the power and that we can have raised expectations because of you, that it's not about us, Lord God. I just pray today that you would take our eyes off ourselves and I pray that you would lift our gaze to the things of your kingdom, that you would raise our expectations in prayer, that in prayer and as we seek your presence, we will find greater breakthrough, Lord God. So I just pray for a shift in our hearts that you will stir us up, Lord. Stir us up, Lord God, from our complacency in prayer, Lord God. Draw us to your heart, Lord. 
that we can come in relationship. And I want to pray off anything that would hinder us coming to the sweet communion with you, God. So I just pray that we go away today changed, Lord God, that we are on a process of renewal, but God, that we would have hearts stirred. I just pray also that you would pour out that you, wanna, you may want to, Lord, today just sow seeds of a burden of prayer that you want to put in people's hearts that, um, that it comes from you. Any burden of prayer comes from you, Lord God. So I just pray that you will sow burdens, Lord God, that you'll plant burdens in hearts, moving us to pray and believe for break it through in certain situations. So Lord, just come and move and have your way, Lord God, this morning. Come, Holy Spirit, moving on just, just now as we worship. Amen.